0: On today's show, the Yankees won again. We'll talk about last night's win against the Rays, preview tonight's matchup, and we have a game to look back on from 2001 because it's Thursday and we're throwing it back next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Throwback Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked on Yankees, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I've written for ESPN, the Hardball Times, Baseball Prospectus, let's see, Fan Sided, Fan Rag, Beyond the Box Score. I wrote for a lot of different places, and I've been a Yankee fan basically since birth because my dad was born in the Bronx. In case you were wondering why, I host this show. There are your reasons. I'd like to thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified when our videos go live. And feel free to comment. I've been trying to answer your comments as best as I can. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. So on the docket today, recapping last night's win, the Yankees are just unbelievable, aren't they? Just amazing. We'll go through all the facets of the win and who contributed. We'll preview tonight's matchup. And as I said, we're going to look back at a game from 2001 because I... Forgot about it, and there's a significance to the date today. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. Download the Sports Card Investor app today and easily browse over six hundred thirty thousand cards from every sport—baseball, football, everything—with hundreds more added each week. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportsinvestor.com/backslash locked on. So let's get into it. Let's talk about last night's game. Nestor Cortez against Shane McClanahan. As I said on yesterday's show, this was a matchup of two of the best pitchers in baseball. McClanahan's ERA coming into the game was extremely low. So was Nestor Cortez's. But two different types of pitchers. Mostly the differences between their fastball velocity. But interestingly enough, Aaron Judge hit a home run off McClanahan on McClanahan's curveball, And now I have to search for the tweet because I thought I bookmarked it, but I didn't. And it was funny because I thought to myself as soon as I saw it happen, what was McClanahan thinking? It First of all, it curved, but not enough. And Judge got just enough to poke it over the right field fence for an oppo taco 25th home run of the season. And I believe that Shane McClanahan had held batters to a 143 average on his curveball. And the other hit, the other well, no, he had one other home run hit off his curveball. So Aaron Judge made it two. And I spoke about this on yesterday's show. The Rays are sloppy this year. They showed it again last night. They gave up four runs. Three of them were unearned. Judge's home run was earned. (laughs) But the three runs that happened after that were not. Because the Rays are sloppy. This is not your Rays team of 2021, 2020, 2019. Those guys seem to be gone. And you're seeing a much sloppier, less crisp defense. And... It is really hamstringing them. Is that the correct phrase? I said on the show yesterday that coming into last night's game, they had allowed 30 unearned runs. So now they're up to 33. They're a mess. Although they're still in third place behind the Blue Jays and ahead of the Red Sox and ahead of the Orioles. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But let's get to Nestor Cortez. He had a nice rebound from his start against Minnesota. Now, he only went five and one third. He was looking good until he wasn't. And not that he was looking horrible when he wasn't. It just looked like something was off. It may have had to do with the play that affected his head. I guess we'll find out today. (laughs) Um, Five and one third, one run on three hits, three walks four strikeouts. His ERA is 194 on the season. As for McClanahan, he lasted six innings, again, four runs, but only one of them earned three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, gave up the two home runs, one to Judge, one to Kyle Higashioka. I think Kyle Higashioka knows that I've been complaining about him. And ever since I was complaining about him, he's been looking good. Figures. Maybe I should have talked about him all season, huh? Maybe that's what I should have done. I should have been bitching and moaning about how bad Kyle Higashioka was all season, and then he would, you know, hit some home runs. Now, the Rays were three for nine with runners in scoring position. They left eight on base. The Yankees were only one for three. And let's see. Judge is up to 49 runs batted in. On his 25 home runs. He's having an unbelievable season. And I know last night, of course, after he hit his home run, certain accounts on Twitter like to make it known that, well, this home run only would have been a home run in Yankee Stadium. Again, they don't move the fences back for the opposing team. So, you know, if the opposing team doesn't take advantage of the short porch, that's their problem. OK, and Aaron Judge can hit the snot out of the ball. I'm trying to be nice. Um, he can hit the ball 450, 480, 490. And, you know, sometimes he hits at 350. And he takes advantage of the short porch going opposite field, which you love to see. So please be quiet about that. Thank you. <laughs> Other performances from last night. Now, the Yankees only had three hits, so McClanahan did a good job shutting them down other than the four runs that happened, because Thompson came in, Armstrong came in, they pitched an inning each, didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run, obviously. They both had a strikeout each. After Cortez left the game, Wandy Peralta pitched an inning and thirds. An inning and two-thirds. His ERA is down to 1.50. Miguel Castro came in, and there was some controversy with Castro and Lucas Lecky. We'll talk about that in segment two because it was an ump show last night. We'll also preview tonight's matchup in segment two. But Castro came in, pitched two-thirds of an inning. Leckie came in, pitched one-third of an inning. And then Clay Holmes locked it down an inning One strikeout, one hit, his 11th save, didn't give up a run. The scoreless streak is up to 31 innings now and, or is it 30? Wait, 31, I think it's 31. His ERA is down to 0.29. What can you say about Clay Holmes other than holy crap? (laughs) In a moment, we'll discuss more about the game, plus preview tonight's matchup in the finale, at least here, because as you all know, and as I've been mentioning nearly every single day the past two weeks, the Yankees are playing the Rays in Tropicana Field next week to start off next week. So it's the series finale now. But first... Welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. The sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful source. Check quickly the value of your favorite cards, find deals and profit from the hobby you love. It's available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores and it's a must-have for baseball fans. You can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week, plus Marvel cards. You can also find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. With the free Sports Card Investor app, you can pull out all those old cards from your childhood players and see how much they're worth today. Now, I just happened to look up Don Mattingly, and I saw that his 1984 Don Russ base card is currently worth... $3,721.75. $3,721.75. Now I probably have my first set of cards, my 1983 top set somewhere in the house. So I think I'm gonna find it, see what I have, and see how much it's worth. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. Again, it's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportsinvestor.com backslash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make our favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to lockedonpodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And thank you for your help. So last night, something odd happened during the game. There was a 16-minute delay because there was a pitching change confusion. It was ridiculous. I'm just going to say it right now. It was ridiculous, okay? Can the umps figure out what the hell they're doing? How hard is it? To know your job. Do your job. Know your job. I don't understand what the problem is. Now let's hold on. I can't remember who the umps were. Was Phil Cuzzy there? <laughs> I feel like he's always he's always involved in some shenanigans when it comes to the Yankees. Let's see. So what happened was it was the top of the eighth. Crew chief Phil Cuzzy, right. Okay. So he had to speak to a replay official because they had to make sure that Aaron Boone could be permitted to execute a pitching change. Now, like, okay, what? 16 minutes? Why would anything take 16 minutes? That's ridiculous. Rob Manfred must have been sitting there going, are you serious right now? We're trying to make the game shorter and you guys are making it longer by not knowing what the hell you're doing. Randy Rosarina was hit by a pitch by Miguel Castro, so Matt Blake came out to the mound to talk to Castro, and then G-Man Choi went on deck to pinch hit for Isaac Paredes. So then Boone decided that he wanted Lucas Lecky, who's a left-hander, to face Choi. So the ump stopped Boone, saying that a change couldn't be made. Boone insisted it could because Choi had been announced. Choi had been announced into the game, and it prompted the umpires to check with the replay official, Mike Esterbrook, Remember him? So Boone said after the game that they were saying they couldn't go back out because once a Rosarena got hit, the next at-bat is in play. And you can't go out twice within an at-bat. So if you announce a pinch hitter, you can. Now, Blake was out there before the pinch hitter came out. That's what the Yankees were arguing. But it took them 16 minutes to figure this out. So... According to Phil Cuzzy, he said that Kevin Cash felt as though the Yankees possibly were circumventing the rule because the pitcher was getting a chance to get good and ready. I don't know. Why does everything always have to happen with the Yankees and the Rays? I feel like there's always something weird happening between these two teams. So, Lecky was allowed to come in, and then he gave up runs. So, all of this was for naught. Like, the, you know, the, the Rays had a problem with it, and then Lecky. You know, gave up runs to the Rays and made the game closer than it should have been. But it's ridiculous. How do you not know what's going on? And how does it take 16 minutes? That's 16 minutes is a long time. Right? It's a long time to waste people's time when you don't know what the hell is going on. So anyway, (laughs) let's get into tonight's game. Luis Severino against Jalen Beeks. Luis Severino is 4-1 with a 2.80 ERA and 71 strikeouts. And Jalen Beeks is 1-1 with a 1.38 ERA with 32 strikeouts. He has started one game. He's appeared in 16. So this is probably a bullpen situation or a, you know, an opener situation. Yes, because on June 12th against Minnesota, he pitched an inning. On June 11th against Minnesota, he pitched two-thirds of an inning. On the fourth against the White Sox, he pitched one-and-two-third innings. So, yeah, that's what it appears to be. As for Severino, Severino's been incredible this year. He really has. Now, he didn't get the decision in his last start against the Cubs. Again, it was that marathon 13-inning game, but he looked really good. Six innings, one run on seven hits, one walk. 10 strikeouts. He had 10 strikeouts in his previous start against Detroit on the 4th of June. He lasted seven in that outing. And against Tampa Bay, the last time he faced them, it was six and one-third innings, four runs on two hits. He got the loss. He struck out eight, walked two. So his last three starts, he's lasted at least six innings, which is a good thing. We want that to happen for Luis Severino. We want that to happen for everyone because, you know, the bullpen needs some rest. <laughs> and let's see. The batters against the pitchers. Okay. I said this the other day in the preview. I'll say it again. Kevin Kiermeyer has the most at-bats against Severino, 28 of them. And he's only batting 107. G-Man Choi has six at-bats against Severino. He's batting 500 with a home run. Taylor Wells only has two at-bats against Severino, but in one of them... He hit a home run. As for the Yankees against Beaks, not a lot of at-bats. Aaron Judge has six. He has the most. He's batting 500. And DJ LeMayhew in three at-bats is batting 667. So he has a hit in two of those at-bats. One of them is a home run with three runs batted in. So there are your matchups for the series finale between the Yankees and the Rays. And quickly... So while I have you here, let's look at the standings, because that's always fun, especially when your team is 30 games over 500 on June 16th, have won nine out of their last 10, six in a row. Their run differential is plus 130. Their home record is 28 and seven. It's always fun. Toronto beat the Orioles last night in extra innings, but it's worth noting that Toronto had a five-run lead. They were winning 5-0, and the Orioles tied them, and then Vlad Jr. walked it off. Tampa is two games behind Toronto. Boston is a game and a half behind Tampa. They're creeping up. They've won... Eight of their last 10. They've won three in a row. Now, to be fair, they're playing awful teams. Oakland has lost 13 out of their last 14. So no offense to Boston, but, you know, everyone was complaining about the Yankees having a cakewalk schedule, but the Red Sox have had a similar schedule. And then Baltimore, right back there, they're 10 games below 500, 20 games back of the Yankees. But when you look at the rest of the divisions... The Yankees and the Mets are the only two teams with wins over 40. The Mets are at 41 and 23. Obviously, the Yankees are at 46 and 16. The Yankees are still the only team who have not lost 20 games yet. So, this is fun. <laughs> this is this is a fun time, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, in a moment, we're going to go back 21 years and... The reason is kind of funny, and I'll let you know when we get to that point in the story. But first, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires, versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know? Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. OK, guys, I'm excited about this one. You know how our friends at Built are always coming out with new flavors? Oh. They came out with a mud pie flavor, okay? They have a mud pie puff and a mud pie bar. I tried the puff. I've eaten two of them in the last two days. And if you like chocolate, holy cow, okay? Whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and it's covered with cookies and cream crumble. And when I say it tastes like it's naughty, it really does. It doesn't taste like it's good for you. It felt like I was eating a candy bar and then I remembered, oh, it's a built bar. It's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm allowed to eat this. And you have to rush to get them. They're a limited time only flavor, both the bar and the puff. Again, covered in 100% chocolate because all built bars and puffs are. Oh, it's just so good. Okay, so go to built.com, use our promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so I was looking at Facebook this morning. Not that I look at Facebook that much because Facebook is it's not great these days, people. But it just so happens to be one of my friends' wedding anniversary. I was in their wedding. I was a bridesmaid in the wedding. And it just so happened to be 21 years ago today. Which, how? How do I have friends who have been over uh, married over 20 years? Their, their marriage can legally drink now. That's crazy. But the thing that stood out to me was, oh yeah, it was mid-June. What was happening with the Yankees then? It was a Yankees-Mets series, which... I forgot about until I looked it up, and then I remembered when I saw when the wedding was scheduled, I was annoyed that it was during a Yankees-Mets, <laughs> Yankees-Mets series. <laughs> so this game took place in Shea Stadium because it was 2001. It was a 127 start. There were 54,195 people in attendance at this game. And at the time, the Yankees were 38 and 28, and the Mets were 29 and 39. So, yeah, Mets were going, poof, and the Yankees were going this way. Woo. So let's let's just go through the lineups. It wasn't a very exciting game, you know. the both teams scored early and then didn't really do much, but. I just thought it was funny because at first I didn't remember and then when I looked it up it all clicked in my brain and I thought oh right I was angry that they scheduled their how dare they schedule their wedding during a Yankees Mets series because this was when I was still into the Yankees Mets rivalry. Not as much anymore I'm kind of sick of it to be honest but okay. Let's go through the lineups, and because the Yankees are the visiting team, we'll go through their lineup first. Chuck Knobloch, Derek Jeter, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Jorge Posada, Scott Brocious, Alfonso Soriano, and Mike Mussina, because it was a che. So he was your starter, and he was your ninth hitter. For the Mets, Timo Perez, Benny Agbayani, Benny and the Jets, Uh uh-huh, they used to always play that for him, Robin Ventura, Mike Piazza, Todd Zeal, oh... Oh, Shinjo. I don't remember how to say his first name, though, so I don't want to butcher it. But Shinjo, the center fielder. Desi Relaford, Ray Ordonez, remember him. Kevin Apier, remember him? Yeah, fun. 2001. The umpires, Mark Wegner at home plate, Laz Diaz at first base, Rick Reed at second, and Dana DeMuth, or Dana DeMuth, that's how you say it, at third base. It was 74 degrees. It was overcast. Yeah, it was kind of overcast that day, if I recall correctly, from the wedding. Top of the first, one, two, three innings for both Apier and musina. And then the top of the second, on the third pitch he saw from Apier, Bernie Williams hits a home run. Tino Martinez strikes out. Jorge Posada flies out. Scott Brocious walks. Alfonso Soriano reaches on an E6. Brocious makes it to second. Mike? Mike Messina, it's a single that scores Brocious. Yankees are up 2-0. That's all they'd score. Two runs. The Mets scored a home run on a Robin Ventura home run off Moose. It was a solo shot in the bottom of the fourth, and that's all that would happen. That's all the scoring that would happen. It was 2-1. And then Mo comes in in the ninth inning, gets Piazza to fly out, Zeal to ground out, Shinjo hits a single, he walks Desi Relliford, makes things slightly sweaty with runners on first and second, but then he gets Mark Johnson to ground out to end the game. Yankees win 2-1. I really don't remember anything about that game and the fact that Moose basically won the game for himself by hitting a single is pretty cool. (laughs) I love looking back at games like that. It's just, it's fun for me. And you know what? Let's see. We have one more second. Let's look at 2002. Just because it's 20 years ago and, you know, that's a better date to look at. Let's see if the Yankees even played. Oh, yes, of course they did. It was a Sunday. Let's see. Oh, Yankees-Mets again in Shea. And the Mets won that time in 2002. Interesting. Of course, it was a night game. It was a Sunday night ESPN game, as always. The Yankees had three errors in this game. David Wells was your losing pitcher. Mark Guthrie was your winning pitcher because the Mets scored three runs in the eighth inning to put them ahead. The Yankees were winning 2-0, and then Armando Benitez got the save. I'm not going to go through the whole game, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, it usually worked out that the Yankees and Mets were playing around this time, because it used to be where the series were. You usually knew where the series were going to be scheduled, and then they changed it so it's not three and three. Um, You know, sometimes the Yankees and the Mets, I don't even, do they even always, they don't even always play on weekends anymore. I missed the beginning of the Subway Series rivalry, but now I'm kind of sick of it, and I say it all the time. I wish they would take like five years off from it, and then... Go back to it. Although this year could be good because both teams, again, are really good. As I said, the Mets have 41 wins. The Yankees have 46 wins. They're still in first place. As I said yesterday, the LA teams fell out of first place. So New York rules. New York rules. So tonight, Luis Severino against Jalen Beeks. The Yankees are looking for the sweep against the Rays. I'm looking out the window right now. It's overcast. It's not raining. Did everyone else enjoy the thunderstorms we woke up to in the New York area this morning? That was fun. And tomorrow's show we'll have a recap of tonight's game. We'll have a preview of the series up in Toronto because the Yankees are going back up to Toronto for three games. And anything else that you need to know, we'll tell you. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment. And you can also hit the bell notification so you know when our videos go live. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing. If you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Thursday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow so